What's happening, people? We are live. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Giants Rush, where we, us, you, us, we talk Giants football 52 weeks of the year. And uh, the consistent conversation that we've been having is very reminiscent of the 2021 season where we lose every week. So we're going to dig in a little bit. I got Chris here. I also got Mark Thompson, special guest is kind of going to hang out with us and chew it up a little bit. Happy Halloween. I have my anonymous mask right here, right? Because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's Halloween or maybe mischief knife, depending on where you're from. Uh, maybe your kids are running around toilet, you know, running toilet paper around people's houses and mailboxes. So, uh, the Giants um, are now two and six, lose in overtime to the Jets. Heartbreaker. Um, not really sure where to go from here. Also, of course, uh, Leonard Williams got traded today. Lots of things to talk about. Um, we're going to go over our, you know, some nightmares, trade deadline. A lot of things to talk about. Um, let's bring in the boys. Chris, what's up? Chris is all frozen up. There he is. Yeah. Hey, Craig. Hey, everybody. Yep. A uh, somber day in giant land. Yeah. Did not go as expected. Let's say, let's say that, you know, I was really hoping to pull that out, you know, and it looked like folk felt like we were going to win that for a while and then trick or treat. Yeah, absolutely. And real quick, Craig, as we were walking out of the stadium, my son said something. It's been sticking with me. He said, I hate now he's 17. He goes, I hate that. I love this team. And that's what we all feel right now. Yeah. The love yeah. we have for this team makes this hurt even worse. It's terrible. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, it's, uh, well, there's a lot of things to talk about. Let's bring in Mark. He's hanging out in the background. Let's bring in Mark. Mark, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I was expecting you to say, I'm not so good, but because it, it, it's not good right now, Mark. It's not good. Well, I'm, I'm personally good. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not the greatest time, but Hey, it's, you know, there's still, there's still a little life is too six, right? It's not, uh, but, but to be honest, um, the giants haven't shown that they can go on a run. So until they do it, you won't, you're not going to believe it. So right now I'm kind of sitting back and saying, okay, I'm resigned to what's going to happen for the rest of the season until they show something. Okay, I can live with that for right now. Uh, let's see. I see. Uh, I see. Mark's in the room. I see. Peter's in the room. I see. Joe B. I see. Juan's in the room. I see. You guys are piling in. Thanks for hanging out. All right, gentlemen. Like, so Giants lose to the Jets, um, heartbreaking fashion in the pouring rain. Um, and I will make an admission: I did not go to the game. Uh, my son was playing uh, lacrosse this weekend in Maryland and in Pennsylvania. So we've been driving up the up and down the Mid Atlantic area. So I was watching it on a uh, a stream from um, our friend uh, Chris, who's a, a big follower, sent me a stream that I, that I watched, and uh, it was ugly, guys. So let's try to at least get the let's talk something good. The defense, gentlemen, played probably some of the best ball we've seen them play, um, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Shows you what he can do. Dexter Lawrence. Um, I'll even let go, guys, I'll even give you the grades, all right? So before we get into the Leonard Williams talk, just really quick, 
Kayvon Thibodeau, 90.6 uh, PFF rating. Again, if you're a PFF guy against the run, 86.1 against the pass. Chris, um, I'm sure there was some fuel on the fire for Kayvon with, mm-hmm. you know, the Carl Banks and the WFN, uh, WFAN guys going at it this week. What did you think about Kayvon breaking through the door and saying, I'm here, I can do this, watch me go? Yeah, it was very reminiscent of the Washington game from last year. He was just everywhere. He was a big part. It was like, uh, you know, not that he's Mike, Micah Parsons yet, but you got that feeling that you were watching a Micah Parsons. And uh, he was everywhere, you know. So kudos to him, man. He played his heart out, and uh, unfortunately the Giants didn't get the win. But if we can get that, even half of what he did yesterday, it will, will be great for his career. Mark, Dex- so Dexter uh- – Laura, uh, Dexter um, ties the all-time pressure count with 15 pressures, which matched J.J. Watt. Um, guys got to the top three, top five player in the game, especially at his position. What did you think about his game yesterday? Because oh, he was a total beast, really. I mean, I mean, he demanded attention. I mean, he blew up. Uh, uh, a lot of what was happening on the uh, O-line there, which obviously gave some opportunity for others, mainly um, uh, Thibodeau. But, I mean, just to go back, I mean, Thibodeau, that double move was really sweet, and that that, that sack, you know. But um, but Dexter Lawrence was a beast all, 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 all yesterday, really. I mean, excellent. Yeah, the defense, actually, I mean, they came to play, they showed up, mm-hmm. and for, for what it's worth, right, right? If you just look at one half of the ball, they did everything possible to get you a win. And that's not the first time that they've held up their end of the bargain and the offense can't come through. Um, the last three games have been average. They've been keeping everybody to roughly 11 points. Yeah. And if you, if you can, if you keep the team to 11 points, you should win games, right? That's a great point. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, if you're keeping a team, like even under 17 points, you should be able to you should be able to generate enough offense to win that game. And again, 15 pressures, Chris, like that's literally tied with JJ Watt of all time. I mean, the guy was a one-man wrecking crew. And then Thibodeau, as Mark just alluded to, um, I tweeted it out early this morning. They are the cornerstone of the defense. They are the cornerstone of the defense, and they showed you know the world like, hey. Regardless of what happens, you know, you know we're we're gonna we're gonna carry the load. Yeah, and I'll even take it a step further. I mean, with Bobby O'Karake and Deontay Banks, I think those four are gonna be your core moving forward. You know, specifically those four, and we'll build around those guys. And uh, what were the yeah. four again? What were the four? No, I mean, you you got to put Deontay Banks. You know, he's he's gonna be he's you, yep. you see him growing. You know, every week, uh, Bobby O'Karake, uh, Dexter, and and Thibodeau. Those okay. are our guys right there for the defense, growing and, and build around them. And, and you know, Megan McFadden, he might be in that conversation shortly. I, I was going to say, I, I know a lot of people, you know, I mean, um, you know, it is what it is. I was kind of, since we interviewed him, and in case you're you're new to the channel, the, uh, we do interview a lot, of, a lot of guys. We had an interview with McFadden. I kind of took to him because he was an underrated guy. What I noticed about McFadden's game is, and it's definitely, you know, um, you know, he's getting great help up front with, with, with Leo and Dex. But what last year he used to get washed out in the play. 
He used to over-pursue a lot of plays and get washed out. Now I see him slowing down, looking for cutbacks, and filling the hole. So it's um, yeah. it is refreshing to see Okereke and McFadden play together. Yeah, and, and Jay makes a good point. We're seeing Flott grow right before our eyes too in his second year. So maybe maybe he becomes a, a part of this, you know, core as well. How about Flott? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd like to see him get on the field more, right? Like, you know, he, they they spot him in. Sometimes he plays dime. Sometimes he plays the nickel, right, Chris? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think if Adori, you know, next year, I think Flott's going to be he, he's going to be uh, he's going to be right in there. Even more because I think Dory will be gone. Uh, Welcome in Jay and and Peter and and Mark B. Uh, uh, and then of course the YouTube user I think is Greg. So um, good to see you guys all in here. I mean, look the defense. Like I said, the defense did did have a good day. Like Mark just said, if you keep a team to eleven points, you you know you should win. Now it's depressing. They lose in overtime in grand fashion. Right, heartbreaking fashion, and then today, um, you know, early this afternoon, breaking news: uh, Leonard Williams. You know, what I thought was the, probably the best tandem in football, or one of the best tandems in football. You know, and of course, best friends. Right, um, Leonard Williams has been traded to the Seattle Seahawks. So let me break this down for you guys, just in case you know you haven't been keeping up on it. Um, let's just talk about what they got compensation was. Mark, they, uh, um, getting, uh, uh, Leonard out to Seattle joins Julian Love, uh, who left this past year. And in return, they get a second round pick in 2024, fifth round pick in 2025. What's your, what's your opinion on the, on the compensation? Oh, it's excellent compensation. But I, but I guess the, the, the flip side of that is that we're eating, uh, pretty much most of the money. I mean, the amount of money that Seattle has to pay out is the prorated amount for the vet minimum. So that's maybe six hundred odd thousand or something like that. Yeah. And um, what's what's left? In, what's left in on me. I didn't even get to the money yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, I'm just the compensations yeah. from yeah. the from the draft side. And well, I guess the reason why you're getting that is because we're eating most of the money. Yes. But but then there's turn it into a signing bonus, which means that you know they can can get some cap relief this year. And my understanding, that's roughly about uh, near 5 million or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. And, and you're, and you're, 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 you're almost there. It's actually pretty interesting because imagine getting traded, right? The giants had to cut Leonard Williams, a $9.3 million check today um, for a signing board. So imagine getting cut. Well, excuse me, traded. <laughs> And then on your way out the door, they hand you a $9.3 million check. And Seattle will still be paying them $647,000. So it doesn't that really – I mean, I know he probably loves New York and he wants to play with his buddy, but it's not a bad way to go, right? And he's, go, he's going to a playoff team, a first-place team right now. So. And he's going to uh, – yes. Now, the um, as, as Mark just alluded to um, – the money from a dead cap perspective is um, the Giants will gain $4.5 million in 2023. Rest of this season will gain $4.5 million. However, that 4.5 dead money is now also on the, you know, put against 2024. So 
right now, if we wanted to do something, which there is some rumors out there that we're signing a cornerback from like, I think Carolina or Buffalo, like uh, there's some buzz around that the giants are looking to pick up and in the process of signing another corner. I'm sure you guys are, you know, in front of your phones or your computers, you could probably look that up. It might already be done for all I know, but they did gain 4.5 million this year, 4.5 dead cap. So Mark, your thoughts on this, on this move. Well, um, I guess up one of the areas where we've got some depth, right? We've got with every game this year, we had a D lineman that's inactive. Um, we also signed uh, Roches and uh, Ashawn jo- uh, Robinson at the beginning of the year. I suspect that all this at the back of Shane's mind was that he may have to trade. Uh, Leonard Williams, because he was never touching his contract, he said, right? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I don't know if, you know, even if a, a discounted amount would have helped, maybe. I have no idea. I'm sure something could be worked out if they did that. But um, I think that was in the back of his mind that that was how he was going to deal with it. And I don't even know, even if we were 4-4 four and four, or 5-4, and four, if it wouldn't have happened, to be honest with you. Um, right. It's very possible that it was going to happen anyway. Because if I if I... So that, because in my mind, I'm like, well, why are we signing two of these guys? Not, and we, we've got um, Davidson coming back, and we have. So we didn't know Riley might turn out to be any any good. I'm not saying he's great, but he's something to develop anyway. And Ryder Anderson is on the uh, practice practice squad, so it's, we've got some depth. Obviously, Leonard Williams is a better player than any of them, but that's probably the way to go. But also, I think what helps is that we've got Okereke on the second level, and Mike. Um, Micah um, playing really well, stopping the run. I think that helps, and that eases it a bit. That's what I think. Okay. I'll, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm with you. There, There's probably definitely some method to the madness. Um, but, Chris, let's let's flip the coin over. Mm-hmm. Does, does Okereke and McFadden now struggle a little bit without Leo in front of them? Um, uh, Nacho is a great player. I'm glad he's here. I'm glad Robinson's here. Um, but does that just from a play, not, not, not contract, just play. Does that hurt Okereke and McFadden? Cause they really have been a pleasant surprise. So to Mark's point, yes. Like we've got guys to fill in. We should expect mm-hmm. Robinson and Nacho to make a difference. And again, you see the defense has been playing great ball the last three weeks. Does it hurt those guys? Yeah, it, it might a little bit, but, uh, you know, considering that Ashawn's a, a veteran, uh, Nacho's a veteran who's good against the run, I, I don't think it'll be too much, uh, you know, of a, of a difference. Now, if you want to say Dexter was the one that left because he gets such a push, I think oh. that would have made a bigger difference. But I, I think Leo, just the game he plays, I, I don't think it'll be too much of a drop-off for, for Okereke and McFadden. So I anticipate those guys with Ashawn and Nacho, so Nacho up there and Ryan Anderson, or DJ Davidson, and maybe Anderson. I, I think they're going to be all right. I, th- I think they'll continue to play well. Uh, in the comments, uh, Greg says he thinks that the Williams trade is similar to the um, the Von Miller trade from a compensation standpoint. So that might have been like the model that they used, you know, looking at like when Von Miller went to Denver. I mean. Um, uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, sorry. 
Uh, so that might have been the model that Shane was using, right? Because he's a Buffalo guy, right? So he might be using that as a, as a model to make that happen. Um, personally, like I really liked Leonard uh, Williams. I thought he got a little bit of a bad rap with some of the fans because they couldn't get past the contract. You know, and, and Chris, you and I have talked about it. Like the year that Blake Martinez went down, they basically, you know, asked Leonard to stop the run. You know, so he was basically, he had 80 plus tackles from, from a defensive tackle standpoint, which is unheard of, right? Yeah. You know, even guys like JPP and, and Strahan and those guys from the, from an end perspective have never had 80, 80 plus, you know, 90 tackles, you know, uh, from an end perspective. So I mm-hmm. thought Leonard got, got a little bit of a bum rap. I'm sorry to see him go, but I do really love a second round pick next year because, there's going to be some moves that need to be made. Yeah, maybe that's our guard in the draft. But what I, real quick on Leo, I mean, what was great about Leo, um, you know, he had hurt his elbow a few years ago and the Giants weren't going anywhere and he still wanted to play. He didn't shut it down. Um, so you yeah. got to respect, you know, guy on a, on a crappy team still was coming out every week when he could have shut it down for the season. So kudos to him again. Yep. I mean, I, I think overall, again, Defense was a bright spot. I don't really know what else they could have done yesterday. I mean, I guess at the end of the game, they definitely could have played a little bit tighter in the middle of the field. Letting letting Wilson throw that that pass right down the center of the field was definitely disappointing. Um, but it is what it is. They, 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 to me, it was a little bit of, and we'll get into it, Mark. It looks like it's a little bit of, you know, out coached. But we'll get in that to a second. Um, let's. I let's want to talk- say one. I want to yeah, say one thing about 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 Leonard Williams. I think we'll miss him for his uh, flexibility um, because uh, Ojolari's been out. He's been playing a little bit of a uh, defensive end sometimes, not all the time, sometimes, and sort of filling in there. And there's really no one else that can do that on the team. And I think we might miss that aspect of it more than anything else. That's all I want I, to say. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that was one of the things that. I thought was endearing about the guys. He'll play outside. He'll play inside. You know, he'll he'll rush the quarterback. Like he, he was a very team oriented guy. I wish him the best. You know, you know, I'm, it's not a bad place to go too, Mark. You know, he's, yeah, yeah. he's yeah, going to win good. some games. Yeah. So, and he's joined back with Julian Love, his former teammate. So, I'm sure um, I'm sure that that'll be um, a cool reunion there, um, Chris. Offensive wise, the wheels just have fallen off at every step, right? Yeah. yeah. Before I get into, I was up. I was trying to upload it because I I had it recorded today. Before we get into Tyrod Jones, Devito. Before we get into um, Dable, I, I got to ask you about Barkley. I'm a Barkley fan. I think the offense doesn't really do anything without him. And every, you know, and you're, you know, if you listen to Twitter and people like, you got to trade him, got to move on, got to start over. Do you feel at all? Cause it's the way I feel, but do you feel at all? Like, okay, next year, you're going to have to really bring in a lot of bodies and not just bodies, right? We bought in just bodies this year, next year, you got to climb out of the basement. So you're going to have to have playmakers do you want to start over at the running back position? Because we've had now, you know, Breida and we've had Gray mm-hmm. and we had, um, uh, who was, the, I'm trying to 
uh, Matt, um, what was the back mm-hmm. before Breida? I, I always forget this cat's name. Uh, Brightwell? Oh, no, Brightwell, yes, but we had a we had a quote unquote featured back before. Oh, uh, Deontay, uh, what's this? Devontae or Deontay? Um, oh, he just yeah, played before, one year. Before, we're talking um, about. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I guess, and I, and I can look it up. The point being, is, <laughs> what's that? I said Wayne Gallman. <laughs> no, after actually, actually, it was after, after Gallman. But yeah. my point was. Do you want to get? Do you want to move on from Barkley too? I know you mean the guy from the Raiders. Um, you know you can tag him again, right? And you still what are you going to pay him? Thirteen five next year, thirteen million change. So I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what you do. You got to wait till this whole season uh, plays out. That's uh, so I, I think you got to just wait till this whole plays out. I mean, you tag him maybe. I don't well, know. What do you want to do? I want to have a wait and see approach and see if he stays healthy the rest of the season and, and, and just see how this all unfolds. I don't think right now you make the decision either way. Just see, uh, you know, I mean, maybe tomorrow by four o'clock, somebody throws a crazy trade for a second rounder again, like a Leo type deal. But I don't even know if that will happen considering, you know, he's his injury passed. But uh, play it play out. But you can see what a difference he makes. I mean, he's still got 128 yards and 36 carries. And they all knew it was coming to him, and he was still able to get yards at three point six uh, a carry, despite everybody knowing he was getting the ball. So, yeah, thirty three attempts, hundred and nineteen yards. You know, three uh, only three point six yards per carry, but right. Um, you know, Mark, Chris has given us the 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 perspective on like the team, what the team could do, maybe if they got this, if they got Mark, what's your what do you want to do? Like, if you're the GM, like, do you want to start over with a new QB, a new running back, like, or do you want a guy that like can, that has the respect of the locker room, that always plays hard, that we already know that the offense moves when he's on the field, right? I mean, the, like, we could have won the game if we had just. Now I know, doesn't mean he gets the one yard. <laughs> I know. Yesterday, the debate is whether they run or kick, right? But they've been riding. They rode them all game long. So, do, in your in your in your eyes tomorrow, the deadlines. It's it's a Halloween show, right? The deadline tomorrow uh, is for 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 you know 2023 trades. Is Barkley getting traded, and, and do you want to trade him? No, I I wouldn't trade him, um, because you got you still got to win. Well, you want to win. You still want to win games, right? I mean, you trade him if, in fact, you are, you know, you're, you're really saying, well, I'm starting all over, and I don't know if they feel that way about it. I mean, they just gave Jones a contract, and I don't think they maybe I don't think they think that they their evaluation was so wrong. But it's the problem is, is that we haven't even had a chance to see what that's like in the new system, whatever that is, because because the, the Giants right now don't have a uh, offensive identity and um you start out badly with um with uh dallas and you and the offensive line played poorly like everybody played played poorly yeah, then everybody. then you had a situation where barkley goes down after the second game and um and and thomas is injured and everybody else gets injured and so you you, you it makes the evaluation of the quarterback so difficult um, you can't really evaluate anybody with this offensive line like this. Now, 
there is an argument that says, well, if you're still asking that question of, about Jones or whatever, then maybe he's not the answer. I really don't know if he's the answer, but he's probably the best answer to have at the moment because unless you are able to have be able to maneuver yourself, whether by having a horrible record and having high draft pick or able to move players and picks or whatever the case may be to get a, a, a quarterback that you really believe in. Um, I mean, right now you're gonna you right now you're gonna have you're gonna have to, to work with him. The question is how much does he need around him? To, uh, to perform. I mean, look, he's been playing for, what, five years now? And at no time, other than the very first year he played, has the, the I mean, the O-line really hasn't been, even last year, the O-line was just kind of okay, and he played all right. But um, the O-line was probably decent in terms of um, in, in 2019. But other than that, um, it's been horrible. It's been between the twenty eighth and and thirty second. I mean, how how do you how do you evaluate anyone like that? And um, and you've got some weapons, but you can't even use them. You can't even get to them. So yeah. I, so I'm not saying that 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 Jones is this elite quarterback or anything of that nature. But you know, maybe he's in that. Whether you like Kirk Cousins or not, maybe he's in that mold or whatever the case may be. But what I do notice about him is that when his back is against the wall, there's something in him. I, I, there's something in him that, that you know, and it comes out. So I, I so it's kind of has me kind of like, well, you know, could it be, could he be a kind of a clutch guy when it matters? I don't know. So it's it's really difficult to it's very difficult to assess. The team is really young. Um, I mean, it's like the third youngest team. So it's not like if, you know, we want to start the team with all the young players and so forth because we already have that. Now, maybe that's mostly on the defense, but um, we got to get that whole line fixed. Got to get it fixed. That's very true. That's very true. Um, Chris, I want to digress for a second. When the season started off, I didn't think the the defense had an identity because they were all super young players. McFadden's young, Thibodeau's young, you know, uh, Banks is young, Hawkins is young, right? They're all pretty young guys, right? You didn't have a a leader, you know. You know, you were expecting it to be Leo, right? Um, but it's it's still he's a uh, offensive, you know, defensive lineman, and I don't know how he doesn't come across as very outspoken, right? Dex is like always in a good mood. Maybe he doesn't know how to, maybe it's not in his nature to lay the law down. I think, uh, I think this team has an identity around Barkley. I think losing that next year just kind of cuts the head off a snake, right? Like I don't think there's really any identity now. Then let go of your, your, your workhorse or your home run hitter, whatever you want to call him. I still think the, the value he brings to the table is enormous because he's going to be game planned for. And this specific week, whether it was 3.6 yards or not, they rode him all game, 33 carries. Chris, he hasn't had 33 carries probably since his rookie year. Right. Yeah. No, the, the, listen, the, uh, the way that it, it, it sent the NFL back a hundred years yesterday, it was like watching army Navy from world war two. The way they ran, and everybody knew Barkley was going to get the ball. But once again, if you tag him next year, you're paying him a little over thirteen. Was it thirteen five? I'm not sure. But yeah, I think you bring him back for a year. The salary cap goes up. You're going to have more money. It's one less hole to worry about, right? So I mean, you know, we're not paying him seventeen million. So uh, if it's thirteen five, 
it's one less hole to worry about, and then we could move on and fill other spots. And it and it's and it's another you know um, another year with him. So he's the only bright spot on the offense. Yeah, <laughs> and I like the fact he wants to be here too. You know, he hasn't complained, doesn't want to be traded. So you know, he's uh, he deserves better, just as Jones deserves better, and uh, the guys around him. He deserves better, and we gotta like Mark said. I think once and for all, this line will be fixed. And I know we've been saying it for years, but we have two pieces. We, we just got to fill those other spots and, and see what we have to do with Neil at guard or leave him. But we're getting there. We got we got to fill these other spots in the offseason. Um, and I'm right with Mark. Like, I'm not – I don't love Jones. I don't hate Jones, right? He, he's wearing Giants blue. I'm going to I'm gonna root for him, right? I do think he brings, you know, the – you know, some – Toughness to the table, as Mark alluded to, like when his back's against the wall, he gets a first down. Whether he's diving, sliding, running, you know what I mean? Like he 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 is a gamer, right? There is a part of me that feels like he's afraid to go downfield. He's afraid to make a mistake, right? He wants to win so bad and do the right thing so bad that it hurts him, right? Mm-hmm. He, in fact, you know, he doesn't have an attitude like this. I don't care. I'm whipping this thing. I'm putting this thing in there. I'm throwing it 35 times. He's so nice, I think, that it hurts him, right? Like, you know, because he wants to do so well that I just think he's afraid to trust his, you know, his ability a lot of times. And it looks like he's, che- you know, like almost like, you know, Eli did at the end, right? So Yeah, but you know what's odd? When you look to last season when things started to gel with, with Hodgins coming over and the offensive line actually playing better, you didn't see that. You saw him start in, later in the season take those shots downfield, and things started to open up. So, you know, I think this is all a culmination of so many different things as one with the offensive line. It's him. It's just – it's been the perfect storm for this whole team in a bad way. You Jay, know, since he's got a great quote here. I'll throw it up here. Uh, Jones has been overcoaching micromanaged since day one. You know, right? The poor kid's basically taking over for Eli Manning, right? So, really big shoes to fill. Good big point. shoes to fill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, Mark, mm-hmm. overall, the offense is just dismal. <laughs> yes, the O-line is bad. It's gotten a little better. Um, now my, I guess my question is that yesterday's game, the defense plays great offense. Can't score. We don't throw the pass. We don't throw any, you know, tie rods out. Like, is this really Mark about Kafka or Dable or both? Like what, what's your thought process? Because one week I'm like, it's Kafka. And then the next week I'm like, it's Dable. And then the next week I'm like, it's both of them. Like, where, where do you sit on this stagnant offense? Um, well, it's got to be. I mean, it's, it comes back to the head coach. It's got to be Dable, right? And the reason I'm saying that specifically is because Dable took over play calling in the second half of the Arizona game. That's clear. Now, that's the only game so far where anything spectacular happened with the offense. That second half, the only game. So he does that. There were, I think I would say the next game, some, it didn't happen. There was another game where it seemed to be in and out of maybe possibly calling plays. It was a speculation on my part. So I'm just looking on the sideline. 
And then we had the report where he was supposedly maybe, I mean, he's obviously always in the meetings for special teams, defense and offense, but it seems like he had more attention to detail, getting more involved in that. So what does that do? What does that do to the offensive, the existing offensive court coordinator? I mean, does that hurt his confidence? Um, then how many people are actually in Jones's ear? Um, so I in the quarterbacks here, well, Jones or Tyrod. Um, so I just think that, and then he sort of like stepped back in these last couple of games. And my question is, you know, what does that say about about um, about Kafka? So I think it's a little bit of confusion. Um, if Kafka was good enough to do a job last year, what's wrong with it this year? Because I mean, it's like you 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 got into the second game, and you said no. I had enough of this. I'm going to take over play calling. No, okay. As a boss, you can do that. But then, you know, does that do something to the confidence of the coordinator? And does that do something to that? So to me, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a problem. At least that's what I'm seeing. It's a problem. Chris thoughts. Like what is this? Is this Gable? Is it Kafka? Is it both? I think it's both. I think there's a loyalty factor with Dable, with Kafka, that he doesn't want to pull it from him. But I think he's on the headset, checking off on the plays. And maybe there's times where he changes it while being in the headset. Maybe he doesn't agree with the play call. Maybe Dable says, no, we're going we're, we're gonna to go so to something else. But I think it's a combination. But I do believe there's a loyalty factor that Dable has with Kafka. And Kafka is still calling the plays. And uh, Dable's there to check off uh, if he doesn't like what's called, and that's my feeling. They're kind of both do, kind of both in, you know, together. But I think when at the end of the day, Kafka is still calling the plays. Before Tyrod gets hurt, Chris, are you are you are you okay with the game plan? Or are you like, hey, we're doing something? Well, at that point, you know what he threw for Nate. Uh, he had seven yards that he threw for for the game. Yeah. So. Um, no, we weren't happy about. It. I wasn't happy about. It. I mean, I think Slayton was the only receiver, wide receiver, uh, to to get a catch, other than Waller early on, and then Waller goes down. But no, I mean, they we knew what it was going to be like, and and the running game just took over, and miraculously, they they because of those penalties, they took the lead. But I, I just feel like they could have taken a couple shots to loosen things up as well. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. We, we saw Jalen Hyland, Sauce Gardner in preseason. You know, had a couple steps on him. And you know what? Not saying you have to throw, you know, every pass to Gardner or, or whoever's on Jalen if they, you know, it's probably him because of the speed. But sideline, down down the sideline, it's either out of bounds or, uh, you know, incomplete. I mean, it's either incomplete or, it's, or he catches it. So, I mean, I feel like they still don't take those shots down the field just to kind of put the defense on notice, loosen it up. Go ahead, Mark. You want to jump in? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm eager to see the All-22 tape because I want to see, you know, like if people are actually open down the field or not. Because, I mean, surely if people are open down the field, certainly you want, even though you may go in with a game plan of running the ball, certainly you're going you're gonna to throw it down the field, right? I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you? Um, why wouldn't you not take advantage of that? So I really have to see that to kind of figure out whether or not i mean you're going with the specific game plan i mean we knew this was roughly going to be the game plan because i mean what i mean you asked us to predict last wednesday right chris 
I said yep. the score is going to be 12 9. Yeah, we all have no scores. <laughs> Everybody laughed at that. <laughs> I said it's going to be 12 9. It was 10 13. Yeah. And, and I expected it to be a Barkley game. But still, you expect some throws. I, I, just, I just said the two defenses are so good and the two offenses are so bad that mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen. So, but, you know, why, why couldn't we throw it down the field? I don't really know. I, mean, I can't tell. I couldn't tell from watching the game on, the, on regular TV whether there was the ability to do it, the opportunity to do it or not. I couldn't tell. So I, I watched every, um, every, I watched all of 33 attempts that Barkley had, right? I watched all 33 of them. And, you know, in the beginning of the game, there was no holes, right? Then they started running some veers where he would come wide and cut back. They started, there was some pulls by Glowinski, like, and it took a little while, but they started to get that run game going, right? He started ripping off 8, 10, 12. I think he had a 31-yard rip. Like, you know, um, they, they were gaining that momentum. And I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, what's missing from this offense? Like, and let's just, let's just call it what it is. The New York Giants have one touchdown to their wide receivers. That's Slayton Hodges. That's that's Robinson. You know, that's Shepard. You know, that's Hyatt. You know, um, one touchdown in in eight games. Mm-hmm. Like, reg- and I know how bad the, the offensive line has been from injuries and so forth, but we don't have any separation. Our guys don't get open. Like, I don't care who's quarterback, quarter, whether it's DeVito, Tyrod, Jones. I don't care if, they, if they're going to bring in Matt Barkley this week. But the, the wide receivers cannot be getting open at any level for us to have one touchdown over 32, and if you want to count overtime, 33 quarters of football. We have one touchdown to Waller and one touchdown to Hodgins. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like there's something wrong with either the scheme or the receivers just, you know, aren't getting open. Now, I have this sneaky feeling it's a combination because I don't like when Kafka just lines up three with no pre-snap motion and he just sends them out on routes. Like there's no confusion. There's no space that's created. Chris, last year, Hodgins basically carried them to the playoffs, okay, with those mid-level routes between that, like, 9 and 16-yard range, catching everything, making Patrick Peterson look bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where did it go? I mean, where did all that go? Where did that space go, That those patterns go? How did it work so smooth last year? And this year we just cannot throw an out route to an open receiver. Like if we could, if we could buy it on the shelf at Walmart. Well, I think one of the big reasons is Andrew Thomas hasn't played since game one. And when you have Justin, Plew, Justin Pugh, who's done a pretty good job at guard playing left tackle, Tyree Phillips, who was with the Eagles at, at right tackle. Um, Glowinski who's played better. He had his up and downs and then Bredersen. He, I think this this whole thing is just a matter of trust with the coaching staff, the offensive line, the quarterback. I think you could put everybody in it, but I think it all starts with this offensive line as the main culprit. Why this system that they like to run and motion and get guys downfield to separate? 
not trusting the guys up front. I think it all comes stems from that. So if the line is better in your eyes, guys are gonna still guys are gonna get open. I think you let things do. I think uh, the the routes develop downfield faster more. I think you know separation doesn't occur right off the line. It takes a little time, but when there is no time, it's not letting these routes develop. I, I, there's no way at this level these guys, which we talked about this before the season, all of us. The one thing with this receiving uh, core is they all can separate, and we're not seeing it. And I think it all stems from not having enough time to let routes develop downfield. I don't think it's a matter of them not being able to separate as much as the offensive line, not giving it time to let these these routes develop. And now everything becomes vanilla. It's like Jason Garrett, right? We're watching we're watching no motion. Everything's vanilla now. It's bringing us back to the Joe Judge uh, time. Mm. Okay. All right. I, I mean, all right. Well, I, one, thanks for everybody for tuning in. I see a bunch of you guys in here again. Uh, um, you guys, a couple of new guys, Robin Trudeau. I see you cold. I see you. Thanks for uh, tuning in to another episode of Giants Rush. Giants lose to the Jets in overtime. Mark, did you want them to kick the field goal or did you want them to, you know, rush for the for the yard? No, like I, I thought the field goal was the right call. I mean, I, I, I to me, it's it's six. Well, I was going to say six out, but it really isn't. It's Look, I mean, the field goal was a—it's like a, just a few yards over an extra point. I mean, why wouldn't you expect? He had hit a thirty-one, he missed a forty-seven. This is a thirty-three-yard, thirty-five-yarder. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you expect him to hit that? Right. Even if he's going through whatever, why would you not expect him to hit a thirty-five-yarder? So, kick the field goal. It's done. So, I mean, you could—you could say that you can go for it on fourth and one. You'll run more time off the clock, even if you don't get it. But if you do get it, it's also done. I agree with that too. Um, but I, you know, you could, if you're playing for clock management, then you go for it on four for one. If you're trying to end the game, you are going to kick the field goal. That's that's my opinion because I know mm-hmm. it, there's no guarantee, given what we saw during the game, that they're going to get the four for one. No guarantee whatsoever. No, I agree. Statistically, you're kicking that thing right there, right? (laughs) I'm I'm completely with you. Now, of course, my job is to play devil's advocate and flip the coin over, right? Because that's what I got to do. Chris, you got a hot hand with Barkley. Mm -hmm. And the guy's got 120 yards. Why not just get the first down? On top of the fact, Chris, that your kicker is hurt. And I don't know who knows this or not. The fans didn't know till like the game started. Yeah, well, management must know that the guy's hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple weeks ago, you know, we saw the the Giants try the tush push play, couldn't get a first down. So fourth and one, you kick the field goal. Mark Mark nailed it. It's it's an extra point. But here here's the scenario. Go back to the touchdown with Devito. Gano kicks the extra point. If Gano misses that extra point, I'm all over Dable for not going for it on fourth and one and running it. But the fact that Gano hit the extra point, I think he felt confident, hey, he's going to nail this. He hit the extra point. But if Gano missed the extra point, then I'd be screaming, hey, go for it on fourth and one. The guy already missed a, a field goal. He missed an extra point. Why are you sending him out there again? Obviously, he this. It's not. It's not his day. There's something going on. But the fact he hit the extra point, it was the right call. The game's yeah. over. Well, he's going to need. He's going to need some type of surgery in the off season. He's 
Uh, and Craig, let me stop you there. Why are we waiting till the offseason? This season's over. Get him surgery now. So he comes back strong for OTAs. Well, why is he even? Why are we waiting on this? Uh, Brett My uh, uh, Myers out there, the kicker. Bring him in and, and just tell Gano we'll see you in the spring. So, Get it done. Get it done now. Well, all of that makes sense, right? All of it makes sense. There's, there's a, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit more, well, for us, it's easy to say, right? Right. There, but it's a little bit more complex when you talk about an organization saying one, the player probably wants to try to, you know, play because you know, his loyalty, to the team, if the doctors are clearing him, cause you know, if they don't clear him, he can't play. Like they can shut him down. The doctors evidently are clearing him to play. Right. I mean, you know how, you know, Ronnie Barnes is one of the best in the business. If Ronnie Barnes doesn't like anything, he's shutting you down. So evidently, the, the doctors, the trainers all think that, you know, can go. Right. So the other point is, I don't know what his contract looks like. He also, Chris may have incentives built in. Like nobody wants to play for free. I don't know. I'm, I'm, again, I'm being facetious there about the, the free, but maybe he's got some incentives he wants to hit. Maybe he feels like I he, mean, he's you know, kicking at like 60 something percent. Obviously something's wrong. Three weeks ago, he was on the injury report for questionable with the knee. And we actually made a little joke about the preview because we didn't really know what was happening. Like, was he making tackles? But he was on the injury report a few weeks ago. So you're right. I mean, evidently something isn't right. I don't – I mean, for the betterment of the team, I would think no shame as a GM or a table, better off just shutting him down. For what reason? There's no reason to play him. Well, it's his left knee, right? So, I mean, so he's going to have a problem planting. Planting, right. You said that, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, he's hooking the ball left every time. Even try to move it across to the other, the other hash, just and and to compensate for that, didn't work out. Um, so I don't know. I mean, look, and like it's something. It's always something with the special teams. I don't know if you plan to bring up the special teams, Craig, but there's always something with the special teams, <laughs> right? Mark, Mark, I, I try to avoid the special teams at this point because every week it is. Listen, if you literally go back to the Dallas game. There is some type of hiccup, some type of drama, some type of something for for eight weeks, Mark. I can't get past like it's either we we dropping punts, we're we're getting blocking the back on kicks, we are not kicking it in the end zone, we're not covering kicks. I mean, look, guys, I don't know if you know this. I'm sure both you two know, but out there in giant land, the guy they just hired from Pittsburgh to, to, to uh, take over Gunner to come in. He came in to take over the punt returner job. He did a great job in a rainstorm and they yes. cut him that. Like, so you're sitting there and well, you're saying, what sense does that make? No, no. Well, I understand that he's going to be signed back to the process squad. That's what has been said. He's going to be, so it's a procedural thing. I don't sure why makes, they're doing it, but it's a procedural thing. Yeah. Okay, that makes yeah. that makes yeah. sense because to your point, Mark is no. I don't really know how much we can talk about special teams anymore because it's been dysfunctional for a decade. You you know why they might be doing that? Because if he goes back to the practice squad, you get three elevations. They can pick and choose when they want to bring him up. So I think that's a part of it. They can they can kind of and use also, that advantage. And also, Devito has had three elevations. So they got to make a decision on him. Might, you have to make a decision on him. He, they might be making room for him too to, yeah. to come onto the team. So there's yeah. a couple of things. Like that. I mean, but I mean right. the the but there is a problem. But if we look at the last five years of the special teams rankings from 2018 
2022. It's 15th, 7th, 19th, 10th, 28th. The best year was 2019. So, and now, and it, was, it was, you said it was seventh? They were ranked seventh? In 2019, yeah. Now, okay, so, Mark, tell me what goes into that. Is that all the special teams wrapped into one, or is that yeah. a certain? Okay. Yes, it's all the special teams wrapped into one based on this metric. I don't remember the name of the guy that I that I, I, I checked this out from, but uh, that's his, his ranking, and he kind of wrapped everything all into yeah. one. I'm, and, I'm um, sure. I'm sure it's a legit source. These guys put a lot of work into coming up with stuff, right? We all do t do tons of homework. I, I would believe. But the main it. point, yeah, the main point is that it's been bad. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, the main point is that it's been bad, and and there's been one special teams coach during that whole time. Yeah, that's the main point, right? And we've been that's having some fun. We've been having some fun with it, Mark. If you listen to the show. You're with us every week. We have mm -hmm. some fun with McGahee. We're like, I don't know what, what's going on, McGahee, because. This guy's got nine lives, man. He is is like a black cat. Um, all right. Well, look, I'm gonna let, let's let's wrap this up because and, and I'm gonna because I want to ask a couple fun questions um, for Halloween. Um, and again, thanks for everybody for tuning in. You know, we love you guys. We appreciate everything that you guys do for us. Um, couldn't have this show every Monday without it. Also, Wednesdays preview show, of course. Um, uh, coming up on, on Wednesday at 8 o'clock with Spartan Mike and and The Truth, Michael Stewart. Tune in those guys. They're going to be breaking down the upcoming game. Also, want to make an announcement. I probably I was going to hold this a little bit, so I'm going to tease it a little bit. I have a special player interview coming up um, on the bye week. So the week that the Giants are on bye, I have a, uh, a current Giants player on the roster who happens to be a very good player, um, is going to be on Giants Rush and hanging out with us. So tune in, start on your calendar that uh, at 8 o'clock, you know, on that Monday when the Giants are on a bye week, we'll have a player interview that day. So we'll have some fun. We'll hope you guys will. will uh, no, no, Jay, it's not Guy Wimper. Guy Wimper's not a current a current player, Jay. Come on now. He but probably yeah. could be. He could probably get on the offensive line somewhere. <laughs> for Jeff. He could play better than, than <laughs> Bredesen and Pert, no doubt about it. Definitely um, depth. We could use him. Yes. Yes, we could definitely use him. But, yeah, so I got that coming up. Um, all right, guys. I'll, let's, let's wrap up this game. Chris, give me one positive you saw out of the game. One – look, there's a lot of negatives, but one thing that bothered you the most out of the game. Okay, positive, Kayvon Thibodeau, defense, but I'll say Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau, awesome. But one thing that bothered me, all right, I'm going to forget the offensive part early on because that was the game plan like we all talked about. But come overtime, I think at that point you have to let Tommy DeVito throw the ball a little bit more. It's do or die. They already tied it up. I mean, we saw how the offense was running unless you get penalties. They weren't going to move down the field. I, I just feel like in the second and overtime, at some point you had to let Tommy just get back there and throw the ball a little bit. Mark, same question to you. Give me one positive. Give me one, you know, WTF. Well, you know, that you know, you're not happy with. Um, positive is the well, that whole front seven. To be honest with you, I mean, it's really nice to see um, good linebacker play, especially coming from the middle linebacker section. So I want to say that because it wasn't just the D line; it was also that that second line of defense as well. So they were really, really good um, that 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 way. Um, I want to say, 
lack of creativity in the offense. Um, specifically, even if you're saying you're going to run the ball, I've seen in games past two or three backs out there. You know, I've seen 23 personnel. I've seen, I, I mean, I've seen different personnel where you where you had uh, at least uh, two backs in the backfield or three, and and but I didn't even see any of that really. Maybe maybe that happened once. But I, and Mark, I, I got to jump in, Mark. Good point because last year when Barkley was the quarterback during the Bears game, there was two running backs in here with Barkley. So basically, Devito reminded me of Tebow yesterday. It's basically yeah. what we were working with. Yeah. I, so I, I so if you're saying I'm running the ball, find all different ways to run the ball, right? Not just not just when only Barkley is there, but also bringing Breida, um, bringing whoever, and let's see how many different ways we can run the ball. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, for me, it was on the, on the positive side was um, I'm going to make sure I wrote it down because I wanted to bring it to your guys' attention because I thought it was funny um, was was Banks. And so Banks held Garrett Wilson to 71 yards. Ready for this? On 38 snaps. Mm. Right. So, like, you know, there's a, you know, a lot of people out there in Jetland raving about how Garrett Wilson owned Banks yesterday. That is not what happened. <laughs> All right, look, Tay Banks is a good player. Tons of fun to watch to play. I'm a big fan. Um, I, I want, He's Chris, CB1. You know, CB1. What's that? He's CB1. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, 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 again, I, don't, I try not to, you know, listen, I, what do I know, right? I mean, I'm a broken-down, washed-up-ball football player. But I will say, and, Chris, you know, like I've been, I was pounding the table – for banks, you know, mm -hmm. all year because yep. just uh, one, the kid's smiling all the time, right? He's having he's having a ton of fun. I love dudes like that, right? But for for all those people out there in Jetland to be like wah, 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 and crying about how Garrett Wilson owned owned banks, he only gave up seventy one yards on thirty eight snaps. What does that do? The math is that two yards a catch? I mean. It's yeah. like, you know, what else could this guy possibly do for the national media to step up and be like, this kid's good. This kid should be on the all-rookie team. This kid should be, you know, I mean, I, I give the kid a, a, a Pro Bowl nod. I don't know. Like, like we just haven't had great corners, you know, in the history of the Giants. We've had, we've had good corners, right? Corey Webster was good. Collins was good, you know, um, uh, Mark Haynes was the last Pro Bowl corner that we've had, and that was in his 70s. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I wanted to give some props to Banks. I was really, really excited about Banks again because he's just been playing playing great um, as advertised. And to Mark's point, yeah, CB1. What I'm disappointed in is, um, you know, I feel like somehow – Kafka and Dable got a pass last year. Like some things just fell into place and we won nine games, right? We have more talent this year than we did last year, right? We had a ton of injuries last year. We have a ton of injuries this year. Like we always do. I feel like, like somehow they, like they're experimenting with coaching and what to do. They got out coached yesterday. Like, don't you remember? We all fell in love with Dable because he went for it on fourth down. You know, and we uh, uh, the first time you went for it on fourth down last year, mm -hmm. Tennessee, yeah. And he went for two, and we were yeah. like, "Bang! This guy's got this guy's got moxie, right?" 
And we were all like, woo, we were all, you know, pounding. And then this year, there's nothing. Like, so I'm just disappointed with the, the, cur- the learning curve that I thought would not be this long. For a, for a playoff coach, coach of the year, and with more talent, it just feels wildly large, the mistakes that he's making. Where Wink started off really slow, and he's only gained momentum as the season has gone on. I, and I was really hard on him, you know, in the beginning of the year. So I'm just kind of confused and disappointed with, with Dable and what he's doing or not doing. All right, gentlemen, um, it's Halloween tomorrow. Or maybe depending on where you are in the world, maybe maybe it is Halloween already. Um, wanted to ask you guys if you had, like, I want to, nightmares, right? Yeah, You have nightmares about certain things with the Giants, right? It just kind of goes with the theme on Halloween. Wanted to ask you guys if you had any Giants nightmares. And if you had any, which are they? Which are the worst ones? What, what kept you up the most? What ruined your weekend? What scared the crap out of you? Um, uh, Chris, I'll, I'll start with you. What's, what's your giant's nightmare from, from history? From history. Well, last, last, put last night up there. That was that, but I'm not going to say that's the worst one, although it was pretty bad. I, cause it wasn't a playoff game. Giants are one in, um, you know, one in five going in, uh, excuse me, two, two and five going in. Uh, so, um, I would probably say the San Francisco game with Trey Junkin, the bad snap, because the Shockey game in there, there was a playoff game. The Giants were up by so much. Terrell Owens, the whole thing. I want to – I want to, and Deshaun Jackson was bad too, but I'm, I'm going to go with that San Francisco game back in 2002. That was pretty bad. Oof. That's really tough to beat because that was tough. I have – my nightmare is when Strahan's telling them to look at the scoreboard. Oh. Mm. I can mm. never like, – like, I don't know. I yeah. think it was halftime. Yep. And, and Shockey laughing when he dropped the ball in the end zone. He, you know, he's 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 smirking like no big deal. And then they lost. Yep. Yeah. That, uh, uh, Mark, how about you? You're, you know, in the theme of of Halloween. What's your gi- Giants' worst nightmare? Hmm. Um. I was thinking of this question as you were talking. I was thinking of it a little differently. I mean, I could call a game. I can call it the Sean Jackson game, but I want to go with something a little different. Um. It's the injuries. For the last 15 years, we've just had we I mean, okay, is it the is it the medical team or is it the players? Now, obviously, when you have a bad team, you probably have a lot more injuries. So I don't know which comes first, but it just continues. Like last year we had a little respite, we did a little better. But I mean, is it that I mean, we know that Ronnie Barnes is um you know, he's untouchable, but maybe it's time to make a change in terms of, I, I don't know, but it's, but the injuries have been hard. We are the most injured team over the last 15 years. What can we do to do something about that? Yeah. That, that's a problem. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Again, back into the theme of Halloween is the turf, right? Um, and the, and the, we, we changed the turf mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know if it made a difference. It doesn't make a difference, you know, and the theme would be is, you know, like one of the nightmares that someone, someone texted me was Jones falling down on his run versus the Eagles. And what, what, what reached up and got him the turf monster, right? Like, you know, you're running for a, a touchdown versus the Eagles, 
wide open. They're losing. This would put them ahead. Um, and, and, and he falls. So to your point, Mark is you're right. That it could be the turf. We, maybe if we went to grass, um, you know, these players don't have the elasticity in their muscles like they used to before because they work out so much. They train so much, right? They're very tight. They snap biceps, they strap pectorials and triceps. So yes, that is definitely without a doubt, a nightmare. Um, Mm -hmm. I have one, Chris, you already know what mine is because I've spoken about it many times. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is definitely the six interception game, giants, Vikings, multi pick sixes. I was there. I've never seen anything in my life. Yeah. You know, um, and just like you kept thinking, how could he throw another one? Once yeah. you got the four, <laughs> once you got the four, you're like, all right, you can't possibly throw another. Oh, um, you're so wrong. That's probably, <laughs> yeah, that's probably my biggest nightmare. Uh-huh. And then the second one is a little bit unique is watching Eli almost cry in the post game interview when McAdoo benched him. Um, for Gino. Gino, yeah. So at that time, McAdoo, you know, uh, was pounded on a table for, you know, a replacement quarterback. Giants were two and nine. And Eli had 222 consecutive starts. Brett Favre, I think, held the record at like three something um, or something to that uh, matter. Well, they benched Eli. Eli's basically crying in the in the clubhouse locker room and Gino lost 24 to 17 anyway. So it wasn't like, you know, they were going to have this miraculous turnaround. They were two and nine. They were a bad team. Yeah. Um, and he got benched for it. And listen, don't get me wrong. Gino's crushing it right now, but that's also one of those nightmares I have watching Eli basically <laughs> doing everything possible to hold, not to hold back the tears. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question before I wrap it up. Uh, Mark, where do the Giants go from here? There are some winnable games with the Saints and the Raiders. Um, We all know that during the Washington game, we left a minimum of 13, potentially 17 points on the field with Thibodeau dropping that pass, Barkley fumbling, you know, in the red zone, and Gano missing a kick. You know, that game could have easily been 28, you know, 28-7. So there's three wins there. Where where do the Giants go from here? What what are you, what do you want to see, or what do you think? You know, is there another trade that's going to happen tomorrow? Um, don't know if there's another trade. Um, I, I was thinking that Dory Jackson might be an interesting trade, but my understanding is that uh, if well, if they wanted to 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 rework his deal so they make him more tradable, they would have had to do it by four o'clock today or something like that. So, like they had did with Williams. So I don't know if there's another, another trade, but they certainly have. I mean, I'm sure polls that that's what they're looking at. They're looking at the construct of the of the team because um, a lot of things that they did at the beginning of the season, any like any calculated risk that they've done, sort of come back to bite them. Like anything that you could think could happen has yes. happened. You know, like you you would say, well, hey. 
we can't afford to lose Andrew Thomas. And then after the first game, we lost him. Mm -hmm. Can't afford to lose your quarterback. So I don't want to recall you. We know what they all are, but there were some calculated risks that they they, they didn't want to pay for the old line debt. So they, they let other guys go and they kept the fourth year guys that they thought would be the debt. And, and they had to come in and play and then they even got injured. So, I mean, it's so where do you go from here? You hope that uh, you get some injured players back, some quality injured players back. And you would just sort of um, start the uh, the the offense from from scratch, and you have to see what you've got in Hyatt. You have to you have to see what you've got in Hyatt. Um, I don't know um, if Paris Campbell Paris Campbell is the is is part of the future of this team. So you're gonna see uh, Wandell Robinson. You gotta see what you got in him, and. And all Slayton is just there. It's interesting how Slayton is just always there. You know, he's just sort of like, he's not the, you know, he's not, uh, um, you know, blowing everything out of the water, but he's, but he's just there. And he just is a good complimentary piece. And, but you have to see what you got out of high. So the more he plays, um, you know, the better. So you can see what's going on. But we've got to have a healthy O-line. Have to have a healthy O-line. I love it, and and you are a thousand percent right. I'll agree with you every day to Sunday about about that. I've been complaining about that. We all have been complaining about that now for last two years on getting better quality and why is Shane Lemieux and Perk still on the on the team? Like we've we're definitely behind you. There's there's no doubt. Um, so this is uh, I'm looking in the the chat here and uh, K Max in there, and uh, I'll throw up his um his statement. Cause I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this one at you. Um, way early prediction that Jamie, JJ McCarthy is a, as a giants pick. That's the quarterback out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, Chris, there, Chris, there are, in my estimation, there are six quarterbacks in the draft that can play ball. I personally have my dark horse favorite, which I will have no problem telling you guys, which is Jackson Dart out of Ole Miss. Um, he's already beaten LSU and, and and Auburn. He had a pretty damn good day against Alabama. Um, you know, I, I really, really like his game. He's not getting a lot of pub, but um, there are a couple other guy, guys, J.J. McCarthy, Penix, um, what do you call it, from North Carolina, uh, May. Uh, yep, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Caleb Mace. Yep. We know all, well. all about him. Yep. So, Chris, is there anyone like, do we draft the quarterback and even let him just, you know, sit for half the year behind Jones and then let them start the second half of the year? I know quarterbacks mm-hmm. usually don't sit very long anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, my question to you is you're the GM. What are you going to do if there's five, six decent quarterbacks? I shouldn't say decent. Like, for college football, these kids are just – they're, they're yeah. the cream of the crop. Yeah, I, I know there's, you know, five out there, and I am not haven't followed as much. But, yeah, I know there's some good ones. So, Jones got cleared. He's going to play Sunday. Yes. Let's see what happens. Let's see how the rest of the season transpires with him at quarterback staying healthy. And I think you go into the offseason looking at that um, – that uh, body of work with Jones and these receivers like Jalen, see what that chemistry is like because he's going to be a big fo- focal point, I believe, moving forward with Jones. He's going to have to get more playing time. The season's over. It's now looking forward to next year and get him that experience. And I think 
you always can't pass on you can't pass on quarterbacks, right? They they own Jones thirty seven million next year, but then they have an option after that. So it's this who's to say that they don't get a quarterback and let him sit a year and see what Jones does, and maybe uh, maybe um, you know it's a trade piece with Jones at some point next year, or if the season didn't go well, um, I think it's all on the table. But I think if there's a guy they love. You know, like the old saying goes, you don't pass up on a good quarterback. If nothing else, it's a trade piece and it's a, a boatload of picks. But I think we're going to have to see how this all plays out over the course of these next, uh, what, 10 games, nine games. And and you know what? And like I said, I'm, 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 I like I said, I don't love Jones and I don't hate Jones. I'm probably more pro Jones than I am anti Jones, right? Too. Yeah. I, like Mark said, it's really hard to evaluate the guy every year because there's always a problem. Bad line, receivers yeah. are hurt. Like, He's and we're wasting really time. Bad. And we're wasting time constantly waiting for this to, to develop. So that's my question. That's that's kind of where I am. Is like I almost feel it's never going to get any better for him here. Yeah. Like, and we wasted here. Barkley's career. We're wasting his career with this team. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, just go out and get like I, I we've talked about this. Like like why develop a lineman? He may not turn out. Just go draft. Just go trade for a guy next yeah. year. First thing out of the gate. Trade for the best right tackle in the game. Because what happens if you draft the, the right tackle and he's no good either? Like, we need proven commodities. Now, um, I'm, I'm, I, I want Jones to do well. I do want Jones to do well. I mean, his ceiling, though, I mean, listen, for the record, in case you guys are just, you know, you're digging in this, I'm pretty sure the only quarterback that's gotten paid and won a Super Bowl is Patrick Mahomes. Most of these teams are trying to get a quarterback on their rookie deal. Right. They're trying, you know, they're, you know, Josh Allen got paid. He hasn't done anything yet. Burrow is either getting, I think he's up this year to get paid this year. Like guys, quarterbacks aren't winning. Now there are those guys that are elite. Stafford went out, went to the Rams paid him and he won. Right. Um, You know, Rogers got paid. He has, he hasn't won. So I don't know. It just might be time. You know what? Jones may go to Tampa Bay and do great. I'm holding out that he has a great finish to the end of this year, but the neck, it bothers me. I'm worried about the neck. It's it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? What yeah. do you think, Mark? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, there, there are a number of quarterbacks uh, that are going into this draft that are highly rated. Um, we have a pick in the first round. We've got two second round picks um, right now. So, I mean, if you see a quarterback you like, I think you, you take him. And um, and what what's the worst that can happen? That what's the worst that can happen? That Jones all of a sudden has a ceiling that you like, and that uh, you got this quarterback in waiting. So, I mean, what's wrong with that? Or or the other the other part of it is that. Jones really doesn't. He's just kind of steady and plotting, and you, you, the quarterback comes in and learns good habits from Jones and so forth and so on, and then, and then, uh, then he takes over. I mean, I mean, to me, it's you, 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 I think you're gonna have to pick a quarterback next year. I, I just, I just think you probably. Gonna, I mean, I'm not. I mean, he would really have to blow it over the water for the rest of the season for you probably not to go that route. But I mean. We have doubted Jones before. He's the only quarterback that's had a fifth-year option decline and end up with a new contract. So you just don't know. Um, but you know, the thing is, is that I mean, look, 
Brady wasn't Brady initially, right? Brady became Brady sometime down the road. And through a lot of dedication and hard work, and I mean, he's not the best athlete, none of those things, right? And uh, through dedication and hard work, you know, somewhere down the line, I mean, he started playing what? In 2001. So um, by 2007, he was becoming what, you know, what he, what he is, what he became, you know? But before that, not really. So he never, he, I don't know, but, but you see, he had luxury, he was winning. He was had a good team, you know. Stability, everything too, is right? Yeah, stability. all of that. Yeah, he had. So, I don't know. It's such a tough situation. It really is a tough situation. But I, I do come down to the side that you need to draft a quarterback. I, I think you do. I love it. We're gonna wrap up there, guys. The store is open. If you're looking for any, any new gear, Christmas is coming up. I'm wearing the uh, the jawless one right now, right? So if you guys are looking for some gear, the store is open there. Um, NYJackFresh.com. We do have that interview coming up for the bye week. Um, the fantasy football is off and running. Seems like Spartan Mike's running away with that. He's looking for some <laughs> challenges there. I can't believe. I'm so – if you're if you're listening to the show or you download it tomorrow, please do me a favor and beat Spartan Mike. Do not let Spartan Mike – that means I have to give him the autographed jersey that I have as – the grand prize to Spartan Mike. And I do not want to do that. Um, and lastly, um, just so we can be very clear for all the fans of Russia, you guys are great. Let's breed a little bit of positivity in the community. Okay, guys? Like some of you knuckleheads are out there hating on women, saying some crazy stuff on Twitter. Like let's, let's, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Okay, let's try to have a little positivity, you know, amongst the community. I had a misclick yesterday and I got lumped in with a bunch of you knuckleheads. And I just overall looking at it, we it's not necessary. We don't need any of you guys hating on these ladies, hating on these women and going online and saying crass crude stuff. So let's just kind of bond together here. Let's not judge people for their mistakes. Okay, but folks, you don't have anything nice to say. Just don't say it. Don't hate on these ladies. They love their sports just like you do, okay? So let's kind of all support each other. And please, just more positivity. All the Gen y and all the NY Giants Rush people, including myself, um, you know, we do not support any negativity or trashing the, the ladies, you know, um, or, or anything like that. So I hope you guys like what we do. We appreciate what you guys do for us. Let's kind of, you know, let's, let's mend some fences and for you guys, just, just you know, turn it off. Just like, like let it go. <laughs> Don't be so angry. All right, let let all those things go. Um, again, I learned the hard way. Made a mistake. I clicked on something I should have. Now I'm lumped in there, and I can see why they're frustrated. So let's do a better job. Let's let's, uh, let's get more positivity in the community. Thanks for watching another episode of NY Giants Rush Rush Hour, which is the preview show. Will be live on Wednesday with Spartan Mike and Truth. That's Mark. And you know Mark, because Mark's always here on the show. And he's like, Craig, I, I just got a vent. I got to get it out. <laughs> he's like, this is, a, this is a bad week. I was like, of course. Of course. Love to have you on, Mark. And Mark, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, thanks for everybody in the chat for hanging out. And we'll see you guys next Monday. Um, guys, hang in there. All right? There's still the Giants. Root for them. Wearing blue. 
Peace out. We'll see you guys. Nine next more week. weeks. Nine more weeks. It's over. Nine more weeks. <laughs> and we're all, we'll be talking draft soon. Okay. Unless there's a miraculous turnaround. Glass half full. We yes. could rip off uh, one one Washington, one Raider, one Saints. You know, uh, one Green Bay. Who else am I missing? New England Patriots and New, New England. England. We could yeah. rip off five wins, six wins. We could get. We could make it to an eight and eight eight win season. Eight and nine. There we go. <laughs> Respectability. Right. Thanks for hanging out. We ran a little bit long, but happy Halloween. Be safe. Uh, hope your your kids uh, have a a great Halloween. If you're embracing the old mischief night, I hope you don't get you know toilet paper uh, too too much. And uh, always a pleasure. Love you, folks. See you guys next week.